Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tardik, and welcome to the pre-market trading segment, where I tell you a little bit about our guest, something you should know going into this week, and a little update from my personal life. So today, we have the one and only, the Countess Luan from Real Housewives of New York City. Now, if you don't know what a countess is, just wait until the recap, because David goes full curious Canadian mode. We talk all things Real Housewives of New York City. But the interesting thing about Countess Luan is the way that she has transformed her career. She has a full cabaret that she sells out not only nationally, but internationally. She has businesses, books, other TV shows. We're going to hear her take on Bethany Frankel, her relationship with Andy. How much did she get paid the first season? How much did she get paid the last season? All the dollars and cents, all the steps in between. But I think no matter what you do for a living or where you're at, there's something you can take away from Luann. Her confidence, her energy, she is so well-spoken, and her ability to manifest and create things and bring them to a reality. And I felt like at times I could add a notepad out just taking notes on the lines she was dropping because they were just filled with value and peace and positivity. And I think a lot of grace because she's gone through it a little bit, you know, two divorces. She's seen highs, she's seen lows, and you're going to hear all about those. Now, something you should know going into this week, it's a big week. We're talking a lot about interest rates out here, right? Well, interest rates are at all-time highs. You guys know that. There's a little bit of chit-chatter that rates may come down. What does that mean to you? If rates come down, the price of real estate is going to rifle to the top because the cost of money becomes lower. Right now, real estate's taking a little bit of a hit because the cost of money is higher. Now, one of the things is we know that's saving the price of real estate right now, especially residential, is that there's such limited supply. So, supply is limited. As a result of limited supply, when demand goes down because the cost of money goes up, price of the real estate isn't taking a big of hit as it likely would if supply was greater. So this week, the Federal Reserve will issue its latest interest rates decision. Now, it's expected that they will do nothing. It's expected there will be no interest rate hikes. But most importantly, the Fed chair will have to take questions following its two-day meeting. And the questions will be interesting because everyone's going to ask what I brought up. How he will respond will be very telling and will have a huge impact on how the market reacts, reacts this week. And will have a huge impact on how the market reacts this week. Now, another thing to pay close attention to this week is the consumer price and producer price indexes come out. And those will give market watchers an indication on how inflation is moving. So those are big things to go in this week. A little update from my personal life. Whoa, it was a week. I was in Austin, Texas for Sergio and Angela Garcia's non for profit interviewed with Chris Harrison. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go check it out. And then was in New York City for work, back in Nashville. Now this week, I'm heading to New York City, getting a LASIK eye procedure done. So that will be very interesting. And if you do listen to the Chris Harrison podcast, I mean, little personal update, I get very emotional. It's interesting. I've been thinking a lot about what sparked the emotions. And I think what sparked the emotions was when he asked me about the breakup, my memory went to that day, went to that moment. And 
when I think about that moment, I think about that day, I get really sad for the person that was sitting there, myself. And I think that's a lot of the wave of the emotions. There's obviously a lot of grieving and love and so many other things tied to it. But I really do think it's connected to the feeling I felt that day that I'll never forget. So if you haven't had a chance, go check that out. To side of me, I can promise you you've never seen. Um, and that's a little bit it. So make sure to follow, subscribe, check us out on Instagram, give us five stars. We're almost at 5,000 reviews. And let's ring in the bell with the one and only Countess Luann. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, we are joined by reality star, singer, model, actress, philanthropist, and author. And let me tell you what, there's a lot more than that, but I had to stop so I could get through the intro. Luann De Lesseps, she can do it all. Luann was featured in the first 13 of 14 seasons of The Real Housewives of New York City, and fans couldn't get enough. She transformed her career as a nurse into becoming one of Bravo's biggest stars. So big, in fact, that she was named the number one housewife by TV Guide, surpassing all 46 housewives across the franchise cities. She has gone on to start her own cabaret show, Countess and Friends, and her most recent television project, Luann and Sonia, Welcome to Crappy Lake, premiered on Bravo and Peacock in July 2023. I know my mom and I watched every bit of that. Luann, thank you so much for joining us on Trading Secrets. Hi, it's nice to be here. You are a trailblazer, girl. <laughs> what haven't you done? Oh my gosh, right? Well, well, I've, you know, never worked at a supermarket. <laughs> Although I would love to. The list is I've short. I've never been a bartender. Well, you know what? Maybe that'll be your next show. Oh my what God. has Luann not done? Right. Or, and you have to go like serve in right, these what roles. What won't the countess do? <laughs> I love that. Well, I want to kick off with this because we're going to go down your career track and all the stops and strategies and branding. And I want to go there. But I know you have exciting news because you are taking your tour Alberta, and I believe Edmonton and Calgary, right? Yes, I am. I'm super excited. You know, my parents are Canadian, and so it's great to be back in Canada. I've already done Toronto, and now I'll be in Calgary the 15th at the Great Eagle Event Center. Okay. On the 15th and on the 16th of December, I'll be at the River Creek Resort and Casino. So, Amazing. yeah, so there's a big uh, casinos, and then, you know, I kick off a new tour uh, in 2024 inspired by my fans called Mary F. Kill, and that's debuting at the Wiltern February 16th for Valentine's Day. Perfect time for a little we want to marry. Mary F. F. Kill. Kill. Yeah. I like that. I mean, do you have, do you have one on the top? You're like, do people present you three and then you have to name who you'd marry F and kill or do you exactly. guys Exactly. Well, okay. So this happened to me at 54 Below where I started my cabaret career in yep. 2018. A, a fan asked me, she said, okay, Mary F. Kill, David Letterman, Brad Pitt or Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. Now, Andrew Dice Clay, I know the name, but I didn't know he was a comedian or et cetera. Yeah. So anyway, so I said, well, I'm going to marry David Letterman because he's funny and okay. he's rich. Okay. I've that. never been a big fan of Brad Pitt. So I'm really? like, I'm going to kill Brad Pitt okay. and I'm going to, I'm going to F Andrew Dice Clay. And she goes, good, because he's standing right behind me. Oh my I God. You nailed it. Andrew Dice Clay stands up and he's like, you know, with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Oh, I fucking love you, Countess. You're amazing. <laughs> You know, and then he ended up hanging out in my dressing room after with with his fiance, and that's how he ended up there. Okay, I was going to say, did you guys go 
on a date? Right now, no he's a big, he's a big, he's, she's right. a big fan, and that's how he wound up at the show. And then we ended up having the same agent, and you know, yeah. So okay. yeah, that's really has been my inspiration because every cabaret show I do a Q and A. Okay. Because my show's very immersive. I mean, yeah. it is a full on party. It is pop culture meets cabaret meets comedy, mm -hmm. and yeah. So I'm let's let's do a Mary F kill just for fun. Here. Okay, let's sure. go right. Let's throw uh, George Clooney up there. <laughs> okay. Let's throw Leonardo DiCaprio. He's come back on news for some uh, interviews I've seen, and who's very hot on Netflix documentary now. David Beckham. Yeah, I'm gonna have to marry Clooney. That's a good move. Right? I mean, how could you not? I'm going to have to F as everybody else did. Um, Leonardo. Leo, you're <laughs> killing David Beckham. I'm going to have to kill David Beckham. Not into soccer, guys. All right. There we go. Noted. All right. So where can people get tickets for the Alberta? They can find out all the information for tickets and what's going on with new shows, et cetera, at CountessLuann.com. Okay, guys. Go check that out. And I'll tell you this. Get ready to party because Canadians, my ex was a Canadian. And those Edmontons and Calgarians, they can throw down. So oh, my God. Bring, am, they are going to bring the energy for I you. I am so ready. Okay. Well, we're going to go back all the way to 2008. We had Ramona Singer on the podcast. I talked to her a little bit about negotiating with Bravo. Like, how do you know how much you should get paid when nothing really exists and there's not really a benchmark? This is what she said. I want your response or your take based on her comment. Here we okay. go. Negotiating for 7,500 an episode, right? But then I walked away. It's like, oh, what do I need this for? I'm already social. I'm famous yeah. with my friends. I have a great career. I have a husband who's social. I don't need this stuff. And then like a little light bulb went off my head, like ding, ding, ding. I convinced my ex-husband to do True Faith Jewelry with me. I said, yeah. well, if you promote and showcase True Faith Jewelry, then I'll do the show. They agreed, and I did the show. Then this is the worst part. Jill Zarin and the other people were so desperate to do the show. They agreed to do all six episodes for only $7,500. <laughs> so that's what Ramona said that she was trying to negotiate for the big bucks and the crew kind of screwed her over with negotiations <laughs> what's your take on that going back all the way to the start oh my god the in the very beginning we got paid 10,000 for the season yeah <laughs> the first season of the show and you know what to tell you the truth I really don't remember like what we got paid like the second season yeah. but you know after it became so successful we started to get agents and yeah. lawyers involved. And so the negotiating was really done through them. But obviously it, you know, landed on us to be more aggressive or or not. So For sure. yeah. So it's an ensemble cast. So it's really hard yeah. that one person makes more than the other because if one person opens their mouth, yeah, you know, the other one, you and we're all in trouble. So yeah. And then, you know, finally in the end, after 13 seasons, we, you know, we did pretty well. So from the 10,000 you guys grew it, how did you know what season like your brand took off? Like that Luann was like a household name. The real housewife, you know, right? I have to say probably after Money <coughs> came out, Money Can't okay. Buy You Class, okay. uh, which is, you know, was just used for an Uber Eats campaign. Yeah, so, which is so cool. Uh, it is so crazy, right? The that song, you know, that there. song came about, you know, and I won't tell you what housewife that's about. <laughs> <laughs> but it really came about through my manners and etiquette book because, you know, I lived in Europe for a long time and I came back to the States and even my kids were like, mom, the kids in the cafeteria are like throwing food and they let spaghetti drip out of their mouth. It's disgusting. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I was inspired because of just, you know, uh, the difference between kind of European lifestyle and the American lifestyles. Yeah. And 
So when I produced, when I can't buy you class, it was produced really for my book. Yeah. You know, elegance is learned. Yeah. You know, money can't buy you class. Sure. You know, all these catchphrases that that I have are are were in my book, and it was really the basis of my music. I really base a lot of my music off of the show and my experience. Yeah. You know, like. Chic say la vie and sure. feeling Giovanni from that famous night where I got heckled on the stage yep. and to, you know, Viva la Diva because, yeah. you know, I, I believe that we all have that inner diva. It's, it's finding it and living it. You know? We all have it. I, I believe that. And it's mm-hmm. funny how something that you created then can still be so relevant today. Mm-hmm. With some of the things that you've done, there's been, it seems, such intention and strategy. When you think about the songs, right. the cabaret, mm-hmm. the book, right. talk to me a little bit about in the cast of Real Housewives, how and what your thought has been with differentiating from a business perspective. Because to be number one of all 46 <laughs> and the many more today, and to still 15 plus years, right. be one of the most relevant, one of the most talked about. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what that business model looks like behind the scenes for Luann. Well, you know, I'm I'm a go-getter, you know. Mm-hmm. I take chances. I put myself out there. When I started Cabaret in 2018, you know, I put together what I thought was missing, like a variety show of sorts. So it was it was Countess and Friends and I used to have a lot of guests like Lance Bass has been on yeah. in my show, Rachel Dratch from Saturday Night Live. You know, I've had some amazing guests and and then, you know, I realized that uh, I could do this on my own without having guests. And of course, it's very expensive to fly people out yeah. and everybody in hotels, et cetera. So I didn't realize when I created, now it's Countess Cabaret, that I was really creating a void in the marketplace for a cabaret. There's really nobody doing cabaret anymore. It's, you know, it used to be Liza and it used to be Cheetah Rivera, right. you know, Lucy Arnaz. Lucy Arnaz is still performing. But yeah, so I created something that didn't really exist because I'm passionate about music and, you know, and how that started is a friend of mine said, you know, Lou, you love to sing for your friends. You love to entertain and you, and you love to tell jokes. Yeah. You know, I've got news for you. You should be doing cabaret. (laughs) And in the meantime, you know, I got married, I got divorced. I was busy. (laughs) You know, I have kids. Forget I'm a mother. And so I I just really things kind of came to me. Like even the show came to me. I was at a party. I met Jill Zarin. She's yeah. like, hi, I'm Jill Zarin with that red hair and her accent. I was like, I've never met anybody like her in my lifetime. Meet my, meet Bobby. Yeah, my yeah, husband, yeah. Bobby. Uh, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, you know, and. My daughter, uh, Ellie. Exactly. So I had never met anybody like that in my life. And she said to me, you know, that I'm doing this TV show and I think it would be perfect for it. So the show kind of came to me, you know, entertainment is really part of my background. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I used to work for Italian television for Berlusconi. I, you You're know, modeling I, too. Right? I was With modeling. So, so what happened yeah. is I was a nurse in Connecticut. Yep. I got involved in the Miss Connecticut beauty pageant for USA, which I just judged. So it's like full circle yeah. <laughs> for me, right? It's like that, that was amazing for me. Anyway, so I didn't do well at the beauty pageant at all, but there was a scout from a model agency okay. that said to me, you know what? You can make a lot of money as a model in New York. Interesting. So I entered this small model competition in Hartford, okay. Connecticut, and I won. And the, and the first place was a photo shoot in New York with a professional photographer. Okay. So, you know, by taking this chance going into this contest, I knew I was not going to do well. I got convinced by um, a girlfriend. I was just happy being a nurse, you know? Yeah. And so that, you know, I had a bad breakup. And I think that really catapulted to me to New York. I think a lot of times we do things out of 
love and loss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, move, we change because either we love somebody or we lost somebody, you yep, know? Exactly. So that was my big opportunity to get to New York. Now at 23, I'd never been to New York City and I lived in Connecticut. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to New York, I did the model shoot thing and, and I ended up getting booked from this one photo where I looked kind of like Jacqueline Smith okay. back then. And then that evolved into all the models talking about Milan and Paris. And I was like, yeah. oh, I want to go to Milan and Paris. <laughs> so I've really always lived by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Kind of faced fear in mm -hmm. a big way. I moved to Milan. I didn't know anyone. I had one phone number. <gasps> I didn't do well in modeling. And I ended up meeting Agon Furstenberg at a party who was Diane Furstenberg's, Prince Furstenberg wife. And he came to me at the party and he goes, what are you doing in Milan? I said, well, I'm trying to model, but it's not going very well. He goes, you should work in television. Meet Johnny Manganelli. Uh, Johnny Manganelli, come to Rome next week. I give you a job. And, and I look at my friend and, and at Egon Furstenberger, and he goes, go. Okay. So I did. I took a flight to Rome okay. by myself. I went to meet these producers. Yeah. And I, got, I became the Vanna White of Italian television. That is incredible. Crazy. And then I yeah. ended up, I realized if I could speak Italian, I could go really far. So I studied Italian. Okay. I speak Italian fluently, and Damn. I ended up bec becoming the co-host of my own show on soccer with somebody who was like Bob Hope of Italian television. So I became a huge star in Italian television. Oh my God, what a bizarre turn I of events. I know. And then I went skiing with my Italian boyfriend to Switzerland, yeah. and I met the Count. Wow. And I married That's him two a... weeks later, and I left my career. Wait, stop. That's, yeah. wow. Okay. And then a lot I had of my kids. There. So that yeah. is a wild road. I would expect nothing less from you. I want to take a couple stops, because we do talk a lot about financial transparency in this podcast. Mm -hmm. The modeling. You said it was tough. For modeling, how does it work? You get booked by a brand, and then they'll pay you a certain dollar amount for a shoot. Like, how does the economics of modeling work? Uh, so, you know, typically you have an agency, yeah. you know, and they try to book you. You okay. know, they'll send out your headshot. You okay. have to go on go-sees, what they yeah. call go-sees. You have yeah. to show up to the client. Okay. Half the time, you'll love this, I used to get jobs because I was a nurse. Interesting. So it, I was model slash nurse and not model slash actress or waitress, okay. you know? And so like, I, I would get like the Newport cigarette ad that was shooting in Colorado skiing, yeah. you know, because they wanted to take along a nurse, you know? Ah, but yeah. you know, my roommates, one was fi in finance and the other one was in real estate. They would say to me, Lou, there's thousands of models in New York. What makes you think you're going to get the job? Right, right. And I'm like, well, because I'm just as good as everyone else. Why shouldn't I get the job? I love that. Right? If you don't yeah. think you're hot, nobody else will. Yeah. And I believe that. And that I talked to someone that's in that was in the Miss USA pageant for 2023. Mm -hmm. And they had told me, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, for mm -hmm. Miss USA, you were in charge of judging their confidence in presence on stage. Is that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, it's overall. I mean, okay, so overall, overall look, overall. Yeah. yeah. So then mm -hmm. I, for people back home, <clears throat> they don't, a lot of, majority of people really struggle with exactly what you just said. They struggle with believing themselves. Mm -hmm. There are nurses right now listening to this podcast that struggle with finding their next shot, right. having fear in the way. Right. What type of advice do you have for those people? Where do they find their confidence if they have no idea where to go? Well, I'm a big believer in manifestation and meditation, and okay. you have to make it happen. I mean, life is a cabaret. I write my own story, and and people, I think, out there, if they have a passion, whatever mm -hmm. it is they love to do, when you do something with heart, you're generally going to win. 
Yeah. And I feel like if you're overthinking it and not following your gut and your mm -hmm. instinct and following your heart, things don't generally go as well. Right. And I think being fearless, taking okay. chances. Young girls will say to me, you know, how can I meet a guy? Like, yeah. how can, how is that going to happen? I said, well, travel, Yeah. you know, yeah, learn yeah, yeah. language, get out of your comfort zone and try something different and take a chance. That's a good piece of advice. Yeah, truly. And I, and I feel like being interested makes you interesting. Yeah. That's another great piece of advice. Mm -hmm. so. And, and the minute you think you're ripe, you're already rotten because you never know enough. I never know enough. Those are three trading secrets right there. The minute you stop growing, the minute you've lost yourself, exactly. all of us can grow no matter yeah. how far successful we've mm -hmm. come. You talk about taking chances. Talked a little bit about your negotiation for Real Housewives in New York. Mm -hmm. Was there any hesitation for you to go on the show once it was presented to you? Of course there was. Yeah. I mean, you know, at first they called it Manhattan Moms. Okay. Because I think if I saw the Housewives of OC, mm -hmm. don't forget, I'm married to a French aristocrat at this point. Yeah, I got two small children. Yeah. I have a big life. I'm living between Europe and, and the States, you know, yeah. in the Hamptons. And so if I had seen the OC, I don't think I would have ever done the show. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. that's good to know. And I'm glad you did it. And <laughs> so I'm sure you are as well. It all, it oh, all paid sorry. off. Yeah, it did all pay off. And I have no regrets. One of the things we talk about too is the idea of love and profession. Just tragedy and triumph. So within our personal lives, things happen. Divorces, setbacks, breakups. Yeah. In your, if you look at like your entire career through those times, did you find that those tragedies propelled you or brought you away from your success? And for someone right now that's listening to this, that's going through a tough time personally, mm -hmm. but is still trying to focus on propelling their profession or financial situation forward, what do they do in those times of distress? Because you've experienced them a couple times, a few times. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I've been, you know, I've had my ups and downs, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, you just have to keep on standing up. Do you remember that there used to be this blow-up doll that was weighted at the bottom? Oh, yeah. You know, you used to hit it, it down. <laughs> to hit it, and it yeah. would just stand right back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, you know, you have to keep standing back up. You have to keep on trying, and I think persistence pays off. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes you have to get out of your own way and lead with your heart. And, and, you know, manifest what it is that you want to do. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. You're one of the most longstanding individuals that have been in unscripted TV. If you think about years that you've been involved still to this day, mm -hmm. when you look at the financial aspect of it, what do you think if you talk to 2008 Luann, what would you tell her was your financial high through this period? Like a moment that you'll never forget. Either you got paid to do something or it was a episode or it was a big deal. It was like the financial high through this crazy profession of unscripted TV. I have to say one that really stands out to me is when I got a call from Natalie Cole's team. Okay. And they said, Natalie Cole wants to be on the show and she wants to sing with you. I was like blown away. Yeah. Um, and so that that's that's a moment that I will never, ever forget. In my cabaret, I sing L-O-V-E in, in memory of the great late Natalie Cole. So cool. Yeah, no, and it's just, you know, there's been so many great opportunities from that moment till, you know, yesterday when the Uber Eats campaign came along and, you know, money can buy you class, it can buy you a gift on Uber Eats, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is so cool. I would have never imagined that this song I wrote in 2009 comes to fruition. Would still, well, what's playing yeah. in, in clubs, it's, yeah. you know, people love it. People, you know, sing it in my audience, you know, for my cabaret shows, people sing along. I don't sing a song that the audience doesn't know. Yeah. So it's really kind of an all, you know, inclusive show and immersive. So everybody feels like they're a part of it. 
That's pretty. You know, so, you know, financially, you know, look, I would love to be in syndication. Yeah. But reality stars true. aren't protected like that. Yeah. And our show is worldwide syndicated. It is. You know, and so is Crappy Lake. So, you know, maybe there's maybe there's hope for reality there. So when you talk about reality, you brought the conversation up. <laughs> I, of course, have to bring it up. We all know where it's going. Uh, we've seen Bethany Frankel's movement on reality TV. Mike. Do you have an opinion? Do you agree with some of what she says? Do you disagree with it? Listen, What's your think, overall take? Well, my overall take is I don't think <laughs> she's, she's wrong about, you know, protecting reality stars. Yeah. You know, we started in a day where, you know, it was not the same. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely not the same thing. So I totally get that part. I just yeah. don't get the part where she's going after Andy. Yeah. You know, who yeah. really like launched said, her career. Yeah. I mean, you know. So interesting. That part I don't like. Yeah. Okay. There's also an interesting dichotomy there because she still has to produce a podcast. Yeah. And talk about us. Is, right. Which so is it's ridiculous. Like, it's kind of, if you think about it, there's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. yeah she dishes yeah. about us all the time and now yeah. she just can't stop talking about us. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about the economics of some of the stuff you've done, right? So you have a, a new show out now. You've done Real Housewives. You have a book. You have songs. Which, when you think about the different career moves you've made from the show or off the show, have been the most lucrative? My cabaret career. Really? Definitely. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so, so cabaret's been more lucrative than Real Housewives. Well, when you say outside of Housewives. Outside of Housewives. Okay. Yeah. If you it. say outside of Housewives, yeah. it's definitely, you know, cabaret and my continuing um, uh, success on TV shows. So yeah. Crappy Lake came yeah. about, of course, because of Sonia and I and our relationship. My, you know, they, the producers of The Simple Life originally and all the Kardashian shows, Jeff Jenkins Productions actually produced Crappy Lake. Okay. And they came to the franchise and said, who do you have for us? And they, you know, out of all the 499 housewives, they, have, they picked Lou and Sonia. It's like the Laverne and Shirley. We even have the same initials. So, so I would say, you know, continuing my work in television, definitely. And to Ultimate Girls Trip, which is coming yeah. out December 14th yep. on Peacock. And Crappy Lake is still streaming on Peacock. So outside of television, Cabaret has really been the most lucrative. Okay, two things while we're on that. <clears throat> Crappy Lake, will it get renewed? What is the process of that? Well, listen, we I've heard there's rumblings okay. that, that, that it will continue, but we don't have any confirmation on that Okay, yet. gotcha. And right. when you go into a show like that and you're negotiating for your own show, are you? it's got to be so different than being... A real housewife. Like, are you talking about like negotiating production rights and like how does that change when it's your show? Just two of you. Guys. Well, you know, you have to have a success out of the gate, and Crappy Lake was successful. Yeah. So coming back, if there's another season, obviously there's a lot of production that goes in for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I produced the entire the entire variety show with the townspeople in Benton, Illinois. Sonia and I did, and so I. I hope there is room there for us to get some acknowledgement and and you know that's really an agent at this point. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you don't you stay away from all the oh, negotiations. Oh yeah, I let, I let I let the big boys handle okay. that. But then do you give the big boys like a target sure, or do you just of say course. Okay, of course. gotcha. Yeah. Now cuz I tell me if this is any there anywhere close. There's an article out there that says now it costs around $20,000 for you to make an appearance on Real Housewives in New York. Is that article anywhere close to reality? You know, I don't know because yeah. I've never made an appearance. I've always been a cast member. <laughs> That's incredible. So, you know, so I don't where know. Where do they get this information? I have no idea. We have no idea. We have But no here idea. we are. Yeah. All right. I think that what's really cool, we talked a little bit about this before the show. 
You said it's been the most lucrative move for you outside of Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. The whole cabaret. I mean, no one has done anything like it. Mm -hmm. You created it from scratch. Yes. When you started the cabaret, how does the, the, the business model start? Do you have to front all the money? Do you have someone that fronts it for you? Are you just taking a shot at each each event? Like, tell me about starting it, the business plan behind it. Well, I started it in New York, and I was at the time I had a couple of creatives that were working with me that decorated the stage. You know, I used to have for Christmas, I'd have a sleigh and Christmas trees and the whole thing, and and if not, I had my dressing table with the big mirror and a chaise, you know, for me to lounge on, kind of set pieces. And then as the show got bigger. You know, I couldn't travel with all this stuff, but I used to right. order things and have them delivered <laughs> to the theaters. So I front all the money. Okay. Okay. My agent will go out and pitch venues, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I front all the money. I have a crew of eight people. I have a director, Richard J. Alexander, who directed Kristen Chenoweth. He's directed and Bette Midler and Barbara Streisand. Wow. So I have one of the most amazing directors, Richard J. And I have a great agent, Rich Super. And and I have my team, you know, I have my yeah. band, I have my musical director, I have my assistant travel with me, I have a makeup artist that travels with me. And so it started small. And then Richard J. Alexander came to my show, the director, he was the mentor of my then director, Ben Rimmelauer. And, and he came to the show and he goes, Countess, you blew my mind. First of all, you can sing. Second of all, you're funny as shit. And third, you wear a dress like no woman I've ever seen. You're going to be a big star. This is not a gay show. This is for everyone. Yeah. And you're going to go big with this. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow, okay. And, you know, he found me an agent. And before I knew it, I was on the Live Nation tour. Damn. Yeah. And, and it was Countess and Friends. Okay. And I had all these guests. Sure. And then, of course, after COVID and all that, yeah. you know, I realized and my director was like, no, 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 no. This is your own show now. You you don't need all these people. Yeah. And financially, it was you know costly to travel with all these people. And of course, et cetera. So that's when I started. Started. It became Countess Cabaret. Okay. You know. Got it. How long did it take for you to make up for the money that you had to put up front, and how much money did you have to put up front to start it? Well, you know, you know, a show for me with the band and travel and hotels. You know, we're talking like at that time. Probably like, it depends on the venue too. Some sure. venues pay for hotels, like okay. casinos pay for the hotel, sure. pay for their the rooms and stuff like that. Sometimes I get a travel, you know, budget. Yeah. So it really depends. But, okay. you know, you know, I'm spending like somewhere in the 10K area to okay. get everybody where they have to be and, okay. and, then and the, to put on a show. Then the revenue is obviously generated from, I would assume, merch sales and ticket sales, correct? Uh, yeah, ticket okay. sales and, and yeah. And then are you and able merch. to, in, in a structure like that, can you negotiate? Food and beverage, or is that? Like, oh, usually? they usually have a stipend for that. Okay, and okay. or a casino will feed us, etc. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, well, that's just another plug yeah. to go get your tickets, Calgary <laughs> and Edmonton. Step your game up. You're gonna be there rocking it. If you haven't seen it on TikTok, you gotta see. You you throw some of those videos out there, those reels of you performing. Oh yeah, I like you know, it's incredible. Oh uh, thanks, I do. You know, I do like David Bowie. I do all the songs that I love, and you know, it's funny because I have a really young audience because yeah. their mother, they grew up with you know watching. With mommy yep. and so and mommy knows all the songs that i know yep. so guess what they know all the songs that That's i know true. which is amazing yep. and i love my fans
fans, you know, they show up for me. They come dressed in sequins and Giovanni and statement necklaces. You know, yeah. they show up for the Countess. And I love that. <laughs> and it's totally different. You know, I've had fans that have gone to Beyonce and they're like, we had a better time at your show because that's so they're cool. connected <laughs> to me. Yeah. I actually the they talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They can because I do a QA with the audience. You know, I refer to the show. They they know each other already in the yeah. audience because they have that common thread of housewives. Yeah. So my fans will go out together. Yeah. They meet at my shows and then they hang. They make new friends. It's it's amazing. Okay. I, I have to say it's really amazing. All right. Such I'm gonna put you in a tough position here. Okay. okay. You got Mary Fuck Kill coming up. <laughs> F, sorry, F. Mary yeah. F. Kill. Yeah. I'm gonna do a couple of your businesses and you gotta marry F and kill. Oh, here, okay, here we go, it. right? Okay. So welcome to Crappy Lake, the cabaret. Oh. And then what I'll say is I'm gonna put these in the same category. The singles and the book. So it's the singles in the book. Welcome to Crappy Lake in the Cabaret. Oh, the toughest question. That's the toughest. How I are mean, you going to do it? How am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to marry the Cabaret. Yes. It's my love. love that. It's my love. I'm going to have to kill the music because I can make new music. Ooh, I like that. That's a good reason. And I'm going to F Sonia and <laughs> Crappy Lake. Oh, <laughs> well, that's going to be a good season, clip. <laughs> next season coming up. <laughs> the renewal just got done. That's a teaser Sonia and I right become there. lesbian lovers. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's another curveball. Let's go back a little bit to Real Housewives. The moment you found out that you guys were no longer going to be on the show and they were going to do a total rebrand, tell me about what that felt for you and how you were thinking through career steps of what would be next when you find that news out? Well, when I found out, I had already done Crappy Lake. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited about moving on okay. from the Housewives in any case. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I was like, I don't think I'm going to do another season. And you know what? I manifested it. Interesting. <laughs> Where to God? You're a manifesting I'm machine. I'm a manifesting machine. Oh, what I wanted to say about manifestation is, you know what I listen to in the morning that I think people should know is I listen to positive affirmations. Okay. You know, literally I wake up in a mood. Yeah. I say these positive affirmations, I mean, 10 minutes. So when you say minutes. you listen to them, what do you mean? On YouTube. I'll listen oh, to positive affirmations really? on YouTube videos that people make or just the, the you know, vocal, whatever. Yeah. And, and by the end of this thing, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Wow. And yeah. you're, are you kind of repeating this stuff back to yeah. yourself? Yeah. I got to give that a shot. You got to give it a shot. I'm telling I mean, you. I, I, yeah. I yeah. Feel so, like I, so when, so when I found out I was not devastated, Yeah. I was, I felt like I was cheated on. Sure. For sure. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? And why yeah. call it Roni? I know. We're Roni. That's not what it you is. You can't just give our name away. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Absolutely. That was the only thing. And then and then, you know, they wanted to do, you know, Housewives Legacy. Yeah, they wanted oh, yeah, to do Housewives Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wanted to do a show with our cast. Yeah. You know, it didn't pan out. Yeah. Why Why is that? There was conflicts with negotiations and okay. contracts. And At stuff. that point, everyone. At that point, everybody own. was like, you No know, one was working as a unit in an ensemble anymore. Yeah, it was, was like, you know, we got a low ball and you know, it was yeah. like, you know what? And I had kind of moved on in my head already with Crappy Lake <laughs> and my big cabaret career. Yeah. So I really... Was like kind of ready. It sounds like you took it pretty well and you already had your next steps lined up. Mm. If you had to look at your peer group, who do you think from the peer group kind of took it the hardest? I would say probably Sonia because yeah. I think financially it would have been better for her to yeah. do both shows. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's doing her show, Sonia in your city. Of course. And, you know, but I think she could have really used that 
cash. Yeah. I think D is good. Ramon is good. Yeah. And at that time, you know, Jill Zarin was going to be along and that didn't pan out. And so there was so many reasons why that didn't happen, but I'm so glad that they came back to us with an ultimate girls trip. And (laughs) that's going to be fun. And I thought to myself, it's ideal because yeah. you got us all for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A week exactly. is a no-brainer. We yeah, don't have yeah, to yeah. share our lives. It's yeah. quick. It's affordable. It's St. Bart's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's St. Bart's. I mean, who doesn't want to get paid to go to St. Bart's? Yeah, exactly. So that really worked out well for okay. me. And um, so I think um I think, yeah, that 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 was a good move for them. Cool. You have you wear a producer hat, creative hat, mm-hmm. entrepreneur hat. I mean, literally every hat possibly you wear. When you look back at what they did with Roni knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that business decision that they made from a marketing producer? To be perfectly creator? honest, I would have just brought some new people to our cast. But yeah, that's, that probably would have been it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's just, you know, my opinion. But I think the new cast is great. I yeah. love the new Roni girls. I think that people need to give them a chance. They're yeah. new. Um, but I think they're all interesting and, and I think, um, they did a great job casting and I think they did a great job with the show. I love it. All right. My next book that's coming out, it's called talk money to me. It's all about the marriage of love and money. You've had a couple marriages. You've had a ton of success. You've married people with a lot of success. (laughs) So I want to dive down your overall take about the concept of love and money. I'm going to start first, start with like a general question. Do you have any tips or tactics for relationships when trying to manage the two when it comes to two individuals, people that are working, coming from money or bringing in money, just any overall general rules with love and money through your years? Gosh, you know, I, I met the count and he asked me to marry him five days later. That's wild. And we got married two weeks later. It took us two weeks to get it to get it together. And we eloped in New York, actually. Wow. And, and, you know, money was never, I mean, obviously he was of course. doing well yeah. and living in Switzerland, but it's in a small apartment in Switzerland, you huh. know. His father was ambassador to Monaco for 40 years. Right. And a lot of people don't know the history of the Deliceps. The, you know, the great-great-grandfather built the Suez Canal, was responsible for that, and the Panama Canal. Wow. He was the chief engineer and, and mastermind. Either. That's no joke, yeah. And and the family gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States for the French. Wow. So if you go to the Statue of Liberty, you'll see Delise- Ferdinand de Lesseps all over the place because he's the guy that they, because he was so important in France at the time. Yeah. So people think I got the Countess title from a Cracker Jacks box, which is not <laughs> the case. But, you know, a lot of aristocrats are not very rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? They hang around with people with money. Okay, got <laughs> Do you it. know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. And everybody wants a prince or a count right. or, you know, right. or a lady, lord, whatever, sure. around. So it, it's not like they had a ton of money. So I didn't really marry him for money. I married him because I loved him. Yeah. So, you know, I think, like I said earlier, if you follow your heart, it's yeah. really hard to go wrong. Now, together, we were the dynamic duo. Yeah. You know, after we got married, you know, we built another house. His parents died, actually, yeah. soon after we got married. Yeah. And we kind of... Took down the house. It was in an area in Stad in Switzerland, which was not the most expensive, not next to the Palace Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to Alex, you can't give this house away. You know, knock it down. Let's build a big-ass house and sell it and make sure. some money. And that's really how we started to really have acquire some some <laughs> some some interesting good cash. Wealth there. So yeah, the wealth thing. And then so um, there were in a relationship like that, there wasn't a prenup then. 
Kentucky. No. You didn't have time for fucking well, freedom. You didn't have time married. for freedom. Are you days. kidding? No, I mean, we got married after two weeks, and then before we knew it, we had two kids. All right, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> so this, is pers- this is more of like, you're going to teach us all. Mm-hmm. We live in a world where everyone is delaying marriage. Everyone's delaying mm-hmm. everything. It's taking forever. Yeah. What type of advice do you have for us for someone that was that decisive within 20 days? You know when you know. You do? I think you do. Okay. And I think what happens is we know. Yeah. Our gut tells us what to do. Yeah. But then we get we up overthink. in our head. And now we get more up than in ever, we overthink. So, and I always say, hop yeah. on the train or it leaves without you. And it's so I true. know so many people that have missed so many opportunities oh, so because true. they didn't follow their instinct. I know. And they thought too hard about it. Mm-hmm. They procrastinated and they lost the opportunity. Yeah. You know, when that road comes and you go left or right, you better decide really quick. I think, That's personally, I think that the longer you you get into your head, yeah. the more messed up you get. That's yeah. why I'm a big believer in meditation, and I love Joe Dispenza. Okay. If people don't know who Joe Dispenza yeah. is, they need to look him up. Got it. Because I actually just came back from a from an event of his, which is a week long event where you go to the quantum field. Okay. I've actually been to the quantum where okay. you can actually manifest oh. your dreams and bring them back to three D reality. Okay. Wow. All right. Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza, meditation, positive affirmation, and oh, manifestation. Yeah. Uh-huh. It sounds like that's the triple threat, and it is totally, mm-hmm. totally works for you in every well, way. Well, this is where, you know, what's his name? Robbins. Um, yeah. Tell me, Robbins. Yeah. You know, they're all, this is their philosophy, and sure. it is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked a person yesterday, do you know what the quantum field is? They're like, yeah. not really. Yeah. Interesting. And, it, and it's actually there. Yeah. And people don't know it. And, you know, it's, you have to find that door. Once you find the door, then you can actually open it and go in there. Wow. All right. So pretty, while we're on the topic, yeah. <laughs> where are we going next, Lynn? What are you manifesting? Oh, I'm going to Tulum. <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Mayan culture. Yeah. I swear to God, that is a place. That's the spot. Where you and can manifest. And that's where you manif- get centered oh, and yeah, you manifest. I get centered. I, I'm connected to the earth. I spend okay. most of my time in the yeah. sand on the beach. And, okay. you know, I go to bikini boot camp for yeah. a week. <laughs> Kick your ass a little bit. Yeah, they kick my ass at the same time. Yeah. It's just, you know, they have the best like spas and you can go yeah. there and do the smoke lodge. Smoke, smoke lodge. lodge. Yeah. What do you want out of life professionally that you haven't already done or accomplished? What's next? I, you know, my dream is, look, I'm a, a host, mm-hmm. really. I host my own cabaret show. Yeah. I love variety. I grew up watching Carol Burnett. My dream job is to be uh, one of the hosts of Late Night. Really? Why shouldn't I? There's I love that. room for a woman in late night. Yeah, so. you're, I mean, you're doing it And I it do it all day. in any case. Yeah. <laughs> I do it in any case on the stage. So why not bring it to television? All right. Well, we talk again, we talk money here. When people come to your show, how, what can they expect price range per ticket? There's a variety. Okay. There's meet and greet tickets and okay. sitting up in front tickets, and but affordable for everyone. Okay. So there's there's ticket prices for everyone. I gotcha. like to make my show accessible to everyone. Okay. There we go. I got to ask you about a couple more businesses. The Drink Fosé. Yes. Rose. Tell me a little bit about how you got into that business and how it's doing. You know, during COVID, I was uh, sober with my daughter yeah. and we couldn't find anything in the market that we liked. Yeah. That was elevated and elegant. Yeah. And, you know, you'd ask for sparkling water or mm-hmm. you ask for Diet Coke and right away it's like, oh, she knows what yeah. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there was nothing where you could say, oh, I'll take a bottle of Fosé. Yeah. Oh, I like so that. So Faux. Okay. Fosé. Faux fur. Okay. Faux rosé. You I know, like Fosé. That. Yeah. That's why I came up with the name. It makes sense. And how's that And it was damn to- good, not good. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had to why kill that, that business. Though? Well, Just I the- lost my financial backing. 
Okay, gotcha. You know, and and that's what really happened. Okay. And I didn't know enough about the business in order to take that on myself. Yeah. You know, the whole bottling, distribution, it was like a big, a big deal. Okay. So, so unfortunately, I had to let that one go. Now I'm working on jewelry. Jewelry? Yes. That's <laughs> Which you, is a no-brainer. Especially when you do your shows. You exactly. just I saw the last video you did Dripping. that's on TikTok. And I mean, I was like, how does that not weigh you down? You had so much damn jewelry on it. It must have weighed you down. What's the jewelry business going to look like? What does it cost to start a jewelry line? Well, I'm I'm doing a collaboration okay. with the company and we're just still finalizing our contract. I'm hoping to get it on HSN or QVC. And really, it's like the faux diamond okay. business. Okay. You know, making luxury, like what I wear, okay. affordable for, for everyone. everyone. So okay. everyone can feel like a countess. It, oh, wow. <laughs> you are a branding genius. <laughs> All right. I got to step into branding then. One branding tip for people that don't know how to brand themselves. You know, I think being authentic okay. to who you are, something that, you know, listen, I've tried a lot of things yeah. and some stick and some don't. Yeah. And I think to come out with one thing yeah. is important because if you have one thing that does well, That's then true. you're going to get a lot of other things. It's that the does momentum well. behind it. It's the momentum, the authenticity yeah. of the brand. And, and I think, you know, obviously the work that goes into, you know, creating it, finding the right partners, if you can't financially afford it. Yeah. Going on Shark Tank. Yep. <laughs> you know Check what I mean? Check that box. Check that box. I haven't done that yet, but yeah. you know, you never know. I think you need to add that to your list. Uh, yeah, you might right. have to be I'm a gonna shark manifest one of these it. days. <laughs> well, you know who came to my show is Robert Hirschbeck. Oh, wow. Yeah, he came to my show in Toronto because yeah, I thought you were going to say Barbara. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Barbara Corcoran would be at your no, show. No, I would love to have Barbara Corcoran. But, the, other, uh, the other thing I think you've done well, if you look at like all your business achievements and successes, you have the ability to think through something, but then execute. A lot of people have the ability to think through things, but they don't execute it. They get stuck in paralysis. Right. What type of trading secrets do you have on execution? You know, I think it takes a team. Yeah. I think you have to be surrounded by the right people that are supportive, mm -hmm. whether it's financially or just to lift you up and keep you going. Yeah, I think it really is about that and and being persistent yeah. and really giving it a, a solid try. Yeah. You know, if you don't try things, right? What are we no doing? guts, no glory, I always I say. <laughs> it is weird how so many people just don't, they think through it, but they just won't give it a shot. Right. It's the fear of everyone else. I don't think social media helps that either. Well, right? fear comes knocking and when fear comes knocking at the door, that's when faith has to answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to write, I think you need to like <laughs> head up a boot camp or something. Right? Like, I think you could be Boot a camp cult leader cabaret. and I would, I would sign up. Like, <laughs> All right. Oh, I know. I have, I have a lot of good quotes, don't I? I'm you do have the good quotes, the manifestation, the smoke house, you're doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. One thing I want to follow up with, we went with the financial high. Do you have a financial low? Can you think of a time where it was a tough moment or just a memory you don't remember or something maybe you're not proud of or an investment you lost on, a financial low through your wild run, which has been since 2008? You know, <laughs> I think. You know, I was I was really upset that the Fosé didn't work out for me. Yeah. I had a clothing line years ago that, you know, was a grind and it didn't really work out for me. Mm -hmm. I just keep keep it moving, you yeah. know, keep on coming up with other things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I was made a friend one season on The Housewives. Yeah. There you go. That was a contract thing. Mm. Talking about Ramona. You know, some of the girls signed a contract and I said, oh, no, I'm not taking that. And then that's yeah. what happened to me. Interesting. <laughs> I got a little slap on the hand okay, for that one. Okay, okay. So, you know, I've had my moments, believe me. And, you know, and guess what? 
I wasn't used in the promo that year either. Interesting. And that was a real slap in the face for me. Yeah. And guess what? She came back. Oh, she came back. I was not defeated. I said, do you know what? They're not going to defeat me on this one. And I came back as a regular cast member the next season. So I didn't let that get in my way. Ego is something we need to check. Check. Yeah. You know? Well, ego can really damage people. That's why meditation is getting out of your ego and you're yeah. getting into that space where you do lead with your heart. So I can't emphasize how important that has been for me and manifestation. It does feel like a lot of Real Housewives, though. Mm-hmm. The epicenter of every disagreement feels like it's ego. Do you agree with that? or no? Yeah, but not to say that ego doesn't get us to where we need to go. Yeah. It's just checking your ego. Make sure okay. it's in the right place. So let the ego drive, but don't let it dominate. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. More wise words from the contest. <laughs> I mean, I think it too, we, we had A-Rod on. Yeah. He's top five in all strikeout batters in the world. There's only four other people on the entire planet that have played baseball that have struck out more than him. All right. But when you strike out, you find your successes. And we all know the achievement he had. Exactly. That reminds me of some of the things that you just said. Right. All right. I got a question for you. I did say... For your first season, you said 10K. Mm. Can you give us any idea towards the end around how high it got? You know, let's, listen, the, the housewives that have been around for a while, they're making well into the millions. Per season. Mm-hmm. Damn, they're killing it out there. Unbelievable. <laughs> Without giving you a solid number. Without it's, getting a solid it's a six number. six-figure. Yeah. And no contractual issues. It's, it's in six that figure, range. No, it's seven figures. Seven figures in that yeah. range. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Will we see you back on Housewives again? Never say never. Never say never. Always say maybe. Always say maybe. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. why? Because if you say no, it's no. Okay. If you say yes, it's yes. Maybe okay. gives you the chance to change your mind. So if they come knocking and you open that door, it's going to be a maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't mess with the countess. She's as sharp as they come. All right, Luann, we got to end with a trading secret. But before we do, one more time, someone wants to see your cabaret shows in Edmonton or in Calgary. Yeah. Tell us the locations and where to go one more time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's December 15th at the Great Eagle Event Center Casino and uh, the 16th in Anuk at the River Creek Casino or Resort. And then go to CountessLuann.com for my tickets and my new tour dates, which are coming up. February 16th, kicking off in Los Angeles at the Wilton, where Madonna plays. I'm thrilled. I love it. Well, I already told you, my brother, who you said you do attract a gay crowd, he is a gay man, and he has come cheered you on before, and he had a great time. We might have to go to one of these shows. Oh, you have to. Get a little video out there. It'll be perfect for when we promote the podcast. All right, we need to get a trading secret from you, Luann. It's one trading secret that you can't find in a textbook, can't learn from a professor, you can't Google or find in a YouTube tutorial, even those positive affirmation YouTubes. We got to get it from you, Luann. Number one housewife by TV Guide. What is the trading secret you could leave us with? Life is a cabaret. Oh, okay. And you write your own story. Okay. You know, as much as I was told that life is not a cabaret, <laughs> it's just not a cabaret. <laughs> well, guess what? It is. And it's mine. All right, for someone listening right now that's not familiar with cabarets and they want you to tell me more, they say, tell me more what you mean by that. Life is a cabaret because what it means is, is you really write your own story. Yeah. You know, it is up to you to put those words down. It is up to you to make that next move. It is up to you 
to decide. It's up to you to turn right or left. It's up to you to jump on that train or it leaves without you. Mm -hmm. So that's all a part of what I mean when I say life is a cabaret because it's up to you. I love that. And I think if you're back home right now listening and you feel that your story is being writ for you in any way or that you're not holding that pencil, Mm -hmm. this is a reminder. Life is a cabaret. That's right. Luann, thank you so much for being on this episode of Trading Secrets. Where can people find everything you have going on, your socials and all things Luann? Well, it's Countess Luann on Instagram and CountessLuann.com for all my dates and shows coming up and bio and all that good stuff. So CountessLuann.com for all info. Check it out. (laughs) Keep on meditating. Keep on manifesting. (laughs) Keep dancing left and right and singing that heart out and we'll be watching from afar. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. What a pleasure. Ding, ding, ding. We are ringing in the closing bell to the Countess Luann episode. Luann was there to give us a lot of great advice, but was really, really tough with the numbers. And I've noticed that, David. I've noticed that with Bravo shows. They are so well and beloved. But lately, they're getting real tight with what they can talk about. But that said, David, the one, the only, the curious Canadian... It is so good to have you back on the recap. How are we doing today? We're doing great. It's so good to be back. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Joe and Ian Moore, crushing on the recap in my place. You know, if I'm going to be replaced by anybody on the recap, a couple of Geneseo boys doing right in the world, you just love to see it. As far as Luann, I think you introed it perfectly. I mean, she went all about her new ventures, her old ventures. She brought us into the quantum world. She's talking about you know, gifting of Statue of Liberties and the Suez and Panama Canal. I mean, we went everywhere. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to take it back to my roots here, Jay, if you don't mind. And I'm going to go back to the true essence of the Curious Canadian because I don't watch Real Housewives, right? And there were some some things that were mentioned that I don't have a clue what they are. So Jay, if you're comfortable with it, I'm just going to give you a couple rapid fire, Curious Canadian, voice of the viewer. I don't know what the hell is going on fill me in type of questions. You good with that? Yes, let's do it. Okay, fire me up. First of all, let's just start with the Real Housewives world in general. I like to think Jason Tardick's a household name with the Real Housewives. We've had a lot of them on right now. You've got an opportunity to know a lot of them outside of just interviewing them. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat. You got to go into business with one Real Housewife, either OG, original, anyone in the Real Housewives world. Who are you going into business with and why? Oh, wow, David, that's a great question. You know what? I, you know, can I tell you a little secret? Oh, yeah, trading secret. Trade, trade a secret. Trading secret. Let's go into the personal life. Anytime I have a real housewife, I have a secret goal that like, I hope they hit on me. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm like, if they give me one compliment or one time, I'm like, all right, good. We still got it. All right, so I'm going to go with Lisa Vanderpump, okay. creator of Vanderpump Rules, creator of the restaurants absolute wild success in all directions. Like the way she carries herself. She also is very good at when to step into challenge and when to take a step back, right? She's good with all the big networks. She's tied in tight with Andy. She knows how to play the game to a T and has been an extremely successful businesswoman doing so. And I think she's a good example for everyone that's out there. Lisa Vanderpump will be my pick. How about you, David? Well, I, I just got to ask you a quick question too with what you alluded to before. Who, has, who do you think has flirted with you? If you had to say like you, you got your goal accomplished, who's the biggest flirtatious vibes that you got from a, from a housewife? I'm not even going to say uh, flirtatious, but Jill Zarin was very complimentary of me. 
And before her daughter had a boyfriend, she was trying to like set me up with her boyfriend. <laughs> and the best part is her daughter's awesome, Allie. She was like, she did it before, like she was there. And Allie's like, mom, stop. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love Jill and Allie are awesome people. They're freaking great. We work with them on the agency and I adore both of them. Yeah, I would say for my, I would say with the little that I know, Jill Zarin, she just gave me the best vibe. So if I'm a vibe guy and I'm going into business, I want to, I want someone that I can be in the room with and be comfortable in the room with. So I would choose Jill. Now back to Luann, sorry, Countess Luann. And let me tell you, that's my first, I don't know what the hell is going on. Cause you kept saying Countess, but then her name's Luann. And I don't know what the hell a Countess is. She alluded to it a little bit, but can you just can you just pick me up here, Jay? I'm, I'm feeling a little, a little on the dumb side, not knowing what a countess is. Okay, so let's just start with this. A count is essentially, think of like royalty. Yeah. It's like this historical title of having nobility in Europe, okay? Okay. So it has to do with like status or a hierarchy of like political officials. But especially like it, this is according to Wikipedia, especially in earlier medieval periods, the term often implied not only a certain status, but also that the count had specific responsibilities or offices. So you heard her talk a little bit about the fact that if you assume count means money, that's always not the case. It means power. It means respect. It means higher ranking. That doesn't always mean money. So that's the definition of count. What does countess? Well, that's our girl, Luann. That's a wife of a count, right? So that is a countess. So how do you get to keep the... I mean, that's look, let's call a spade a spade. There aren't that many people in the world that get a, a royal you know, preamble to their name. You divorce that, the count. How do you get to keep the countess? That doesn't seem like it's very fair. That's that, like, it's, in, it's interesting. I wish I would have asked her that. I think it has something to do probably... Once you have the name, the only way to lose the name is to be stripped of the name, right? Mm. Like we know that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were stripped of their royalty. So I think they therefore lose technically their title of prince. But I'll be honest with you, David, numbers and finance, that's my go-to. The establishments and hierarchies of royalty, I don't know. Well, one thing that's crazy, Mr. Count, whose family talked about Statue of Liberty, Panama, Suez Canal he asked her to marry her five days and annoying each other two weeks they had a wedding obviously no time for a prenup wonder if you can put a little count countess uh, name drop in the prenup if things don't go south you, you get stripped of it i don't know yeah i wonder if that's something to negotiate that's also a wild topic conversation to get married within 20 days of meeting someone especially yeah. for the world we live in this has me thinking david i'm going to ask the viewers back home princess diana there is a lot behind her career her life and the dollars and cents. And in fact, she had so much success and fame and was so beloved by people, it actually became a detriment to her and which ended her life. I wonder if that's an episode at some point we should do a deep dive into Princess Diana. Oh, Ashley is a Princess Diana number one fan club, watched all the documentaries, read all the books. I mean, she's big time Princess Diana. So you'd have one subscriber hitting the smash and the like button on that one. Back home, if you guys think that we should have a Princess Diana episode, please give us five stars and let us know if we should. And remember, when you do give us five stars and a rating, you are entered to win something from the influencer closet. I'll also do a quick tease before we go back to Countess Luann. We are doing a health and wealth series in January, February. So new start, new you. Just get ready. There's going to be a wealth of information to change your life around. David, 
So what do you got? What else? Well, there's another word that kept coming up that I don't know what the hell it means, so I'm leaning on you. Hopefully the people at home don't know what the hell it means. The word syndicated. Talking about TV shows, talking about... She goes, I would love to be in syndication, but reality stars aren't protected like that, and our shows, our show is worldwide syndicated. What is the word syndicated mean? Okay. In finance, what's interesting is like when we had a syndication deal, what it meant is a company was raising, let's say, a billion dollars, but that was too much money for one bank to take on at once. So like 10 banks would come to the table and all participate in it. So think of the word like participating. I'm going to break it down in simpler context. Squid Games. Squid Games, we know the show on Netflix. They then created a Squid Games challenge show. So what did they do? They took the practice of those, those ownership rights and leased them to another production company who made a challenge show. Let's talk about The Bachelor. You have The Bachelor franchise. When they take The Bachelor franchise and they take the content within that and then broadcast it to you know Bachelor Australia, that is, the, that is the definition of syndication. So in broadcast syndication, this is again, according to online, it's the practice of content owners leasing the right to broadcast television shows and radio programs to multiple stations and radio stations without going through a network. So essentially, they're buying the concept and the, and the content and they're leasing it and then creating their own show with it. When you syndicate a show, that's when the big money comes in. With friends, once it got syndicated, that's when they're making the big bucks. So it's almost like if you think about in business, if you own equity in a company and the company sells for a big dollar amount, you're going to get a percentage of what it's sold for based on your equity. So she was saying it'd be nice to have syndication rights so that when it went international, they all would have got paid out, but none of them had syndication rights. That might be one of your best breakdowns of a curious Canadian question I've ever had. Now, hit it to me straight. Should I have known what that meant? No, no. That's a that's an unbelievable syndication question. And I'd be willing to bet most people back at home aren't familiar with it. And even with my definition, I'm not even specific with the exact nuances of it. I just know about it because when I hear TV stars, reality stars, people talk about you know syndication rights. That's my familiarity. So okay, love it. Great question, David. Moving on, she was she's obviously not on the Real Housewives anymore. We all know about the big uh, shuffle and cast members that has happened in the last year or so. But she was talking how people on the show are making seven figures a season now. For someone, that's a lot of money. It's probably their main income. You know, she gets told she's not on the cast anymore. Are they all on one year contracts? Are they getting any kind of severance, or is she just out of her absolute, as she alluded to, her main income? Yeah, I mean, David, I don't think there's any severance. That's not how this works, right? Like how usually these contracts work. I can't speak to Real Housewives. I could speak to what I know about other contracts that you know I've worked on or seen. They typically work in the period, and you'll hear this a little bit in Chris Harrison's podcast when he comes on, that you're you're signed to a certain period. And your contract will be in that period for that long. But there's almost always, there's almost always a clause in which they can cancel that at any moment. I just personally had this happen with a brand deal. It was a $10,000 deal. And the company out of nowhere canceled it before we executed it because we had issues with timeline. Within the contract, they had that right that they could cancel it at any point. So I would believe that's how it is with no severance. Now, the, the tough thing is, it's really tough to like get people to tell me what they made 
we obviously heard Luann drop the seven-figure number. And you can go online and see different amounts out there, but it varies A to Z. But it does look like per season, some of the OGs you know, were making well into the six figures and even seven figures. And when you think about the rebranding, that's a whole lot of money to be paying for reality TV talent. And I can imagine they probably said, hey, listen, they're really, really good. But we also have a really good concept and we can produce this show at a lower cost. That would be my guess without knowing much. Now, that makes sense. Now, for those contracts, is that, that, is that called an at-will contract, right? When you can just, we can terminate the contract either side at any time? Yeah, I think there's like, it's essentially like an at-will clause, or I don't even know the okay. exact definition of it. But in every contract, it's very clear. Yeah, like at-will employment, that yeah. at their will, for any reason, they can terminate the contract. And I think a lot of these reality contracts work like this. So yeah, I mean, the leverage is pretty tight. All right. Well, she's obviously crushing it now. She's had her, obviously, other than the show, her second biggest income is, which seems to be her passion right now, is her cabaret shows. Mentioned a couple shows coming up in Calgary and Edmonton. I was born in Calgary. I'll be in Calgary over the Christmas for and New Year's for a tournament. So if it was around that time, I probably would have swung and uh, gone because you know what, Jay? I don't know really know what a cabaret is. So she has the Mary F. Kill cabaret. She says that people say that they like going to her shows more than a Beyonce show because they're interactive and you know, it's a community that's there. Have you ever been to a cabaret show? I just imagine a cabaret show being like Broadway, but not Broadway. I, I don't know. Like, I just picture like, I don't know what it is. Like the Rockettes. Is that a cabaret? I think it's kind of a cabaret. I think, yeah, I think that's fair. I would think about it like an intimate show in which there's a lot of stimulation, interacting with the crowd. There's, like she said, there's dancing, there's singing, there's comedy, there's Q&A. It's a mix of almost all forms of art in a very smaller space. And it's just a live form of entertainment that has a lot of moving parts. The biggest connection I can make to Cabaret, which I think most people would know, something tells me, David, you might not know, but would be the movie Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Like Moulin Rouge, that's a cabaret. The the Moulin Rouge Broadway show, it's a definition of a cabaret. Have you seen Moulin Rouge? No, I remember Christina Aguilera singing the song, though. How could you forget that? Yeah, I can't forget that. 15 <laughs> years old, all hopped up on energy and testosterone. Remember dirt? Remember that music video, no, that music video Dirty, when oh, yeah. <laughs> Christina Aguilera's in the ring? Yeah. Yeah. That was like my first heartthrob. Yeah, a pair of assless chaps just swinging around in the water <laughs> in the boxing ring. Oh, of course. Yes. Etched How could it. we forget? Etch The Brittany Christina days, I mean, just take me back. That was simpler times, Jay. Simpler times. Simpler times. I remember I had the Britney CD, oh, yeah. and I took the little pamphlet out, a little thumbtack, put it in the room. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did a I Love Britney Spears collage for my seventh grade art project, and I got five out of 10, and it was the best 50% grade I ever got in my life. Uh, <laughs> team, so, team Britney. Simpler times back in the day. All right. We're going to end with this, and I, we, I don't think we have time to go into, into depth with it, but I'm curious more because I know you and I aren't really too familiar with how this works, or, but I'm curious to kind of put it out there to any of our viewers as well, but she she talked about the quantum field, Jay, and uh, one of the reasons why she thinks she's so successful and why she keeps finding herself into success is she's really big into manifestation and, and, and meditation, which we've talked a little bit about on the show with a lot of our guests, but no one to the point where she was dead serious saying she goes into the quantum field and that's where she brings her dreams from the quantum into the 3D reality. I feel like when she said that, it was one of those things where you like, tried to like laugh because you didn't really know what she was talking about, and she was like dead serious. So do you know anything about the quantum field? And what if not, what can you ask our viewers of anyone who experiences with the quantum to like 
to to enlighten us on because this is I think something we could go in the weeds about and is very very fascinating. Okay, so David, this gets extremely complicated and it has to do a lot with physics, but a high level definition is there's this things where quantum theory aligns with manifestation and quantum manifestation is a combined effort, okay? In which our clearly visualized desires are collapsed into physical reality with assistance from the zero point field, ZPF. So if you want to know more about this, you're going to have to look into this. But essentially what it's saying is instead of forcing our way into a desired outcome, you know, taking a square peg and jamming into a round hole, you're aligning your desire with the power of zero point field. And so quantum manifestation combines desires and emotions and efforts, and it welcomes in this quantum theory, which is aligned with physics. We heard her talk about Dr. Joe DiPazenza, and instead of cause and effect, we're causing an effect. So the idea is you're using manifestation to create the reality with assistance of the universal intelligence. It's extremely complicated. But people that are into this, David, especially Dr. Joe, swear by this. So I'm going to just tell you, go listen to Dr. Joe's podcast to get more information because it's not my expertise, but it's the idea of taking meditation, physics, universal alignment, and making all of your dreams a reality. And instead of cause and effect, you're actually causing the effect. I mean, I just wish I could close my eyes and be in the quantum field. And just see what's going on in the field. Like I, some part of me pictures it's like what I picture Meta being like, where you have your little avatar like ripping around in this other world. And part of it's like I'm looking into outer space, and there's things flying around me. And I'm just like trying to make it all make sense. So I'm all I'm all into the quantum field. Let's let's get in there. Let's find a way to get in the field. They use words like it, it makes you feel fluid and expansive, and mm-hmm. that you're like leveraging energetic power for something greater. So. Yeah, David, maybe you and I should take a deep dive into this and give it a shot. What do you say? Oh, yes. Team, teammates in the field. Let's go. Battlefield. I'm into it. I love it. You got anything else, David, before we wrap up on the Countess? Well, all I got is not with the Countess. She was great. We'd love to, we'd love to see one of her shows. She's obviously crushing it. But what, what I have to tease is we're getting close to Jason Tell All Part 3. We are getting close to Jason Part 3. Jason Tell All. And let me tell you, if you guys aren't familiar with that because you're new to the show, one, smash that subscribe and follow button. Two, mm-hmm. I put everybody in the hot seat. I ask them to take numbers and talk numbers. So all the numbers that legally I can share, I share. So David, that's coming. It'll come in January because I'll have to get the numbers together. But I am ready for a Jason Tells All Part 3. And I'm also ready to give something from the Influencer Closet. NL Labor, thank you for your review. Katie Feeney, five stars. Just listen to Katie Feeney. One inspiration and thoughtful lady. In a world where it seems like cash is king, her foundation of experience is more important than what you will be paid. It is such an awesome frame of mind. I am on the sunset of my career and have taken that approach throughout my journey. I'm so thankful I did. Keep up the good work. NL Labor, shoot us an email, tradingsecrets at jasontark.com with your, your address. We will send you something from the influencer closet. Everybody, remember to give us five stars. Give us a great review. We appreciate it. All the feedback. And whoa, we got some action. We got Olivia Flowers coming on from Southern Charm. We have a two-part series with Chris Harrison coming up. We have the Masters champion, one of the best golfers to ever touch the planet, Sergio Garcia, and so many more. David, you got anything before we wrap? We are 72 ratings away from 5K, 5,000 ratings. You're not smashing that. 
If you're not helping the boys get to 5K before 2024, if you're not helping us start off the new year with our health and wellness series in January, February, then I don't know what we're, what we're doing out here, people. So let's smash that review button, smash the rating button. Let's go. Let's go into 2024 with a bunch of with a bunch of motivation, so we can hit the quantum field running. My dream was always to get 5,000 reviews. We are almost there. Please give us a shot. And yes, live events are coming up in 2024. So get your popcorn ready. Hopefully this was another episode of Trade Secrets, one you couldn't afford to miss.